So a few weeks ago, a few of you chimed in around the same time asking us to cover the topic of dating. Now, this is something that maybe you're not going through personally, but there is always going to be someone at your table that is. Or, obviously on the flip side, maybe it is you that is trying to get back into the dating scene after this crazy long period of time in isolation and at home. So I reached out to Kat Harris. Well, actually, I found her on Instagram. I was consuming her content like crazy. And I just remembered thinking, wow, this girl talks about dating and singleness and relationships in a way that was so hope-filled and life-giving and just so um, invitational. There was no other, no better person than to have her come on and talk about it. And I really wanted to dive into the side of things of like at your table how to not drill people about their relationship status and how to kind of validate who they are as a person more than just that. But also for those of you guys that are looking to enter the dating scene, how to do that practically and with like really attainable skills and steps along the way. So Kat today in our conversation helps me to dive into that. And honestly, uh, I left incredibly inspired and some of the things she said really just took my breath away. So I was like, wow, girl, that is such truth. And if we apply that in our own communities, how much stronger and richer and um, just overall the better sense of belonging we can all have because of it. So here is a little bit more about my new friend, Kat. Kat Harris is the host of Refined Collective Podcast and the co-founder of the online publication, The Refined Woman. Her first book, Sexless in the City, will hit stores April 2021. She has been a full-time photographer for the last decade, with her work featured in Vanity Fair, GQ, Forbes, People, Who, What, Where, US Weekly, Glamour UK, and more. If that is not a strong bio, I don't know what is, but even more. She coaches and equips women all over the world in dating, relationships, singleness, sexuality, faith, and how to build a renewed and healthy biblical uh, sexual ethic rooted in freedom, truth, and grace, as opposed to the oh-so-common fear, shame narratives that many of us experienced growing up. Kat loves God, personal development, a good Beyonce dance party, and is a ranch-dressing connoisseur. She believes in the power of a story, and that is better done than perfect. Quality triumphs quantity, and that the journey truly is the destination. Ultimately, her vision is for women to know their beauty, identity, worth, value, and to experience the untapped freedom and joy that, of their lives, regardless of their relationship status. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome back to Making Room. We're so excited to have Kat here today, and I don't want to waste any time. Welcome, Kat. Thanks so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and connecting and just can't wait to talk about all the things. I know. I'm very, very excited. I was just telling you before we started, it was such a easy ask when I came across your Instagram and I know people will love it as well. Um, so a lot of people know you as a relationship coach, but you know, just looking at your Instagram and all that you, all the content you produce, you are so much more than that. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, your journey, like to w- yeah. how you got to where you are now. And with that, why you're so passionate about cultivating this community. Yeah. So nothing about what I do or where I've come from has been linear in any way. Mm-hmm. I actually am a full-time photographer. I've been shooting lifestyle and editorial for about, oh my goodness, 10, 12 years now. Wow. And in the process of doing that and moving to New York to do more and more editorial work, I started a blog called The Refined Woman. And it originally was a very... <laughs> Not, not a very great style blog, (laughs) Uh but it was back in the day, almost 10 years ago now when everyone and their mom was starting a style blog. And so I thought I'll do that too. And (laughs) then pretty quickly, and I realized I'm not really that passionate about Hmm. style. Like I, I love a good outfit. Yes. But I wanted to do something more. I was more curious about story. And so I just started sharing my own, my own life a little bit more and taking away that, that sort of like social media curated, everything's perfect filter and talked Mm -hmm. about the eating disorder I had struggled with in college to Mm -hmm. moving to New York and experiencing debilitating panic attacks for the first time in my life to autoimmune issues, to dating in New York city as a person of faith nearing her thirties. And now I am in my thirties. And so I realized the more I, the more I talked about my own life and own story and the fumbles and failures and the, Mm. the, the shoots and ladders game of life, sort of that my people just started kind of rising to the surface. And I never, ever would have thought that a huge part of my platform would have been dating and relationships and sexuality and spirituality. I, for such a long time, it was photography and social media strategy. And that's what I did. But sometimes you don't know what your secret sauce is until you get feedback from other people. Cause I think we all have blind spots. So I had some some peers and friends say, you need to talk more about relationship stuff because you give really great advice and you're super honest about your own story. And so once I started doing that, um, it just, I think I'm able to really speak into it because I have lived it and I live it. And this stuff Mm -hmm. isn't theory for me, it's my life. And so I talk about how to online date because I online date and I've put in my 10,000 hours and (laughs) I just feel like I'm able to meet people where they're at because here I am in a similar space as well. Wow. So, so yeah. So then, then came the podcast, the refined collective podcast, and then came my book that is coming out called sexless in the city. And Mm -hmm. here we are. Mm -hmm. I can connect to so much of that. And I didn't realize that we had so much crossover in our stories Mm -hmm. and a little bit different, but I think a lot of people can connect with that. And I just love the vulnerability in that, you know, that's so beautiful. And, um, I, I too have had friends at different parts of the journey say like, Hey Katie, you need to be talking more about this. And sometimes that stuff is not like 
sexy or trendy or whatever to talk about. And so you're like, eh, no, no one wants that. But as you're finding, I mean, look at you now, like, <laughs> you know, can you imagine if those friends didn't encourage you to do that? So I love Goodness. that. And I was so resistant to it. I was like, uh-huh. no, I'm not an editorial photographer. <laughs> I, and the refined woman, the main part of why and how the refined woman was a moneymaker for me was brands would bring me in for doing sort of an all-in-one social media strategy consultant. And then I would host Hmm. events for different brands. And it was nothing about, it was nothing about dating or spirituality and sexuality. And so I was super resistant to it. I was like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I just laugh because yeah, I get it. (laughs) I'm so glad you made the leap though. That's great. Thank you. Okay. So, um, let's jump into this, uh, dating conversation. Um, we have all seen movies, um, TV shows where someone comes home for the holidays or they've moved away and they come back home and they're grilled by the parents. They're grilled by their community. Like, Hey, where's your boyfriend? You know? Mm, And I think a part of that always makes us cringe as like viewers, because, um, that is probably the last question anyone wants to be asked, especially in the approach, uh, the way that they deliver it. Yeah. So how do you think that hosts can be better about talking about their guests' relational status or relationship status? I would first zoom out and challenge the host, the friend, the parent, the the best friend, the cousin, the whomever to be curious about the whole person. Mm-hmm. My love life is a, an important part of my life, but it's not the only thing I have going on. Mm. And unfortunately, we have a culture that revolves around the nuclear family, which is great. I cannot wait to have my own family one day. However, when we when that is the central theme of the story, then when you're not a part of the club, first of oh. all, you're already bummed if that's something that you want. And then it's like, oh man, I feel like I keep applying to get a membership at this country club and my application keeps getting lost in the mail. And then everyone that's already in the club forgets how painful it is not to be in the club. And all they can think to talk to me about is this one thing. Mm. And I think so much of even when we host parties and gatherings, what do they revolve around? They revolve around the celebration of love and relationship, which is beautiful. I have been a bridesmaid 17 times and I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. for all of those experiences that I've had. And I want to show up for my friends. I want to show up for my community. I will host that bachelorette party for you. I will host your baby shower. I will pull up your wedding dress on your wedding day so that you can go to the bathroom and don't get messy. I will do all that and I will do it with a smile and I will do it from an internal place of celebrating the season of life you're at. But when do we celebrate the single person? Mm. We don't. We don't. And so in that, when I say, let's start by being curious about the whole person, how can we as hosts, how can we as human to human celebrate other milestones in people's lives outside Mm -hmm. of, are you in a relationship or not? For example, I have a book coming out. That's so exciting. I got signed with one of the top three publishers in the world. That is so exciting. Mm -hmm. If I had just gotten engaged you better bet everyone in my life would probably drop what they're doing and show up for an engagement party. Mm -hmm. But it has been hard and painful to see, oh, wow, 
I'm not getting a ton of celebration, especially from mm-hmm. my married friends mm-hmm. because they're busy. They have kids and, or they're busy with a relationship. And so I, I don't resent that, but it just makes me curious as how can we celebrate people for the milestones that they have in their lives outside of love. So yes, be curious about their love life, but let's not let that be the only thing that we're excited about. Let's not let that be the only thing that we celebrate in a person's life. Maybe they just paid off their mortgage. Maybe they paid off their 30 year mortgage in 10 years. Let's throw a party for them. Maybe Mm -hmm. they just got a big promotion. Maybe they just got a book deal. Maybe they just got out of debt. Maybe for the first time they're going on a trip that they saved for that they're super excited about. Show up for the people in your life outside of their relationship status. That is, man, man, cat. That's like, (laughs) ah, it's so good. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking like, there's no card at Hallmark that says, yeah, you just signed you know, a book deal. Mm -hmm. But I think what happens in culture and cultural norms are beautiful and like traditions are sweet and all that stuff. But what happens is they can get dangerous because like you said, then we fall in this pattern where we can't think to celebrate people outside of this certain construct. Right. Right. And so I am so sorry that that's been your experience, but I also love this conversation because I hope it's going to spark something new. Like I had a friend, it was so small, but I had hit 4,000 followers on Instagram and she showed up with champagne and it like, oh my gosh, it hit me. I was like, girlfriend, you care? Like I care so much, but Mm -hmm. you care. (laughs) And it, I mean, it could really um, change people's experience with community um, when we show up in those ways. Absolutely. And it was interesting. I was on a podcast recently and the woman had been, uh, was interviewing me, had been married for maybe 20 years. And she said, what do I even ask a person who is single when they come over? And I said, if you cannot think of one thing to ask your best friend outside of, did you go on a date this week? Then they're probably not your best friend because you don't know or don't care about what else is going on in their lives. Yeah. I think what happens when we go to, whether it's going to your parents' house for the holidays or even just going to a wedding, gosh, one of the hardest things as a single person is when you go to a wedding or family event and the most important question people can think to ask you is why, or how are you still single? And I know it's meant as these people love me and they want this thing for me that, that they know that I want or long for, or they want this thing for me because it's what culture wants for me. However, that's not a very helpful question. It's like going up to someone and this, the metaphor is going to break down really quickly, but (laughs) it's like going up to someone and saying, why haven't you lost those 10 pounds yet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Why do you still have daddy issues? I mean, do you think if I knew why I was still single, (laughs) do you think if I, and I think the assumption in that is that there is, there's something lacking in my life because I'm single or there's something that I haven't done right, or that there's a formula or a system and I'm not plugging the right numbers or letters into the formula to create that result. And so I just think it's, it's not a super helpful question. And the premise underneath it is lack and scarcity. Yeah. Lack and scarcity. Huh? 
And as, as you're talking to, like, if anyone's listening and they're like, oh, you know, I have single friends and I haven't celebrated them in this way, like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Maybe just be intentional from this point on, like be hyper focused on like their life and what they're experiencing. Like you said, the book deal, the paying off the mortgage, all those things, like everyone loves a good celebration. And I think if you follow us at gather, you know, that we focus on you go first hospitality, be the person that goes first in that friendship and says, Hey, let's coordinate like a girl's dinner to celebrate that book deal. Let's throw a party just like we did that baby shower for this, you know, whatever you can be the person that starts that. Yeah. Yeah. And be just as anxious to celebrate Mm -hmm. your single friend as they are to celebrate your milestones. Like we're not having to think, Oh, should we celebrate our friend's first birthday or our friend's kid's first birthday? No, we will be there. We are helping you plan the party. We're getting your kids gifts that they probably won't even, they definitely won't remember. I mean, my best friend, I always get her son like a really nice framed photo of of him and her or something from the family from that year. And I joke that, man, he doesn't even know that I just spent like $70 at Framebridge. <laughs> but I was like, in 30 years, he'll be really grateful. Like, and I am so happy to show up in that way. So be just as curious, be just as good of a friend yeah. to your single person, just because they don't have kids, just because they don't have a ring on their finger, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they don't have just as equally exciting and profound breakthroughs happening in their lives. Well, we all know the uncle, the parent, the sibling, um, that just continues to grill. (laughs) 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 Uh, so let's, let's talk about that. So say we're at a table and someone just continues to grill like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you're this old, or it's been this long or whatever. What are some things that you could say as the person, um, longing for a relationship? Like we could do that, but also as someone at the table wanting to protect our friend or family. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing to remember is typically people are asking that from a good place. Hmm. It can feel so tender because it almost can feel like, oh, there's a bruise on your arm and you don't know it's there until someone keeps pressing on it. And then you're like, ow, (laughs) but that person isn't trying to hurt you. That person is probably just genuinely curious about your life or what the dating scene is like today when they've been off the dating scene for so long. And so I think the first thing is to pause and assume positive intent. Hmm. Okay. This person loves me. This person isn't trying to make me wrong. This person isn't trying to humiliate me. This person really loves me. And so I think shifting that internal narrative for me has helped me shift out of a defensive posture. Hmm. So I can be like, okay, yeah, that's tender. And, and I know they're not trying to hurt me. They're just asking because they love me. So then that changes the way that I respond. Hmm. I would say number two is, um, I would, I keep it light and I typically just throw it back in their court of, oh yeah, I guess I just haven't met the one yet. Do you know anyone for me? Do you want to set me up with anyone? I'm totally down for a setup. So just kind of throw it back in their court of, yeah, I am single and I just haven't, I just haven't met the one yet, but do you know anyone? I love going out and I'm happy for a setup and I just keep it super light. And then I would also say, if you don't want to talk about it, just redirect. Oh yeah. I haven't really had much luck lately, you know, trying the online dating thing. It 
I've gone on some dates, hasn't worked out well, but I'm super excited about this Ironman I'm running. I'm, I've been training for it and I'm just really proud of myself and, or, oh, I just got this new car and I feel really excited about it. Or I just read this book. It was super interesting. I'd love to know what your thoughts are. So <laughs> the reality is it's no one's business unless you want it to be. So I would say assume positive intent. Oh, what was the second one? <laughs> assume positive intent and keep it light. Yeah. Put it, put the ball back in their court. And then three to redirect the conversation. Yeah, I'm still single, but look at all these other things I have going on that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. So good. Wow. And so practical too. I think that's really easy for us to grasp. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about making it, making it practical. Cause in the moment you're like, wait a second, we're going here again. And then it's easy to get shut down or give it way too much energy where it's like, really, do you need to get in a fight with your mom again about this reality? She probably doesn't understand online dating. So, or sometimes I'll be like, do you want to go through my online dating profile here? Go here. Take my phone for 10 minutes and make some swipes. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> there's, there's less people than we thought. Oh, I'm like, yeah, no. call someone, and I'm like, great, let's let's message him together. And I'm always thinking, as someone at the table, like it's become increasingly frustrating to me as an adult and as I'm sitting at more tables when people don't stand up for things. <clears throat> excuse me, like anything in general. And so I'm thinking of a few friends where I know they get grilled and. I could be the one to maybe like redirect conversation or make things light or ask about something else happening in their life. So yeah, um, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now a few people um, kind of like chimed in over the last few weeks asking for this conversation. So that makes me extra excited about it, Mm -hmm. but they're um, what they were focusing on or what they're curious about is they're wanting to enter the dating scene after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're feeling the freedom to kind of like reenter society. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't done this in a while. So like I mentioned before, we talk a lot about you go first hospitality, being the one to say like, Hey, this is a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to start having people over. Um, let's talk about that in the context of dating. So for people that are wanting to step out into the dating world after all of this, what are you suggesting to people? I think one of the biggest things that I love to share is dating is a curb, not a cliff. Mm. So the stakes, uh, dating is a low stakes game. Often we can approach it with, oh my gosh, is he the one? I don't know if we have everything in common. So I don't even know if I'm going to swipe right on him or her. I don't even know if it's worth going on a date because I don't know where they're at or are they going to fit the bill of everything that I want on my list? All right, just go out. (laughs) Like just go grab a coffee, just go grab a walk. I believe that every human has a beautiful story to tell. There's no such thing as a boring person. We can feel bored at times, but usually that's a subconscious self-preservation strategy. Usually if you're bored, the other person's bored as well. And so I would say show up with a posture of curiosity and lower those stakes. It's just coffee. It's just lunch. It's just a drink. It's just needs, it just has to be 45 minutes to an hour. It doesn't have to be this seven hour long thing. So just get out there. I think what is so great about dating is it can be a place where we can really practice healthy boundaries. We can practice flirting. And when we have the mindset of, oh my gosh, this date could be my last first date 
that I'll ever go on. I mean, talk about pressure. What if the mindset was, you know what? It's been a year because of a pandemic since I've really put myself out there. I just want to, I just want to get out there again. I just want to have some positive experiences with, with someone that is interested in dating. And so use that as an opportunity, just get to know another human. There's no such thing as wasted time. Often we can feel, oh, I don't want to go out this person because I don't want it to be, I don't want to waste my time. There's no such thing as wasted time when we're getting to know another human. And I believe every opportunity is an opportunity to grow if we choose it to be. So just, let's just like scale down the pressure we put on dating. You're not running towards the edge of a cliff to the infinite abyss. You're just taking a step from the sidewalk to the street. So I would say that's my first big practical suggestion. And then I'll I'll just kind of move through a few things. So let's say there's a person in your life that you're interested in that is a friend. So maybe you're stuck in the friend zone, or maybe you're in the friend zone and you, you don't even know how they feel about you, or you assume they just want to be your friend. So I'm not going to even say anything. Here's what I would suggest for you. There's really a low stakes way that you can bring up a healthy conversation about suggesting interest. I'll say number one, lead with vulnerability and hold space for honesty. So what does this look like? Hey, I've really been enjoying chatting with you and getting to know you. Would you want to grab a drink sometime? Or you can say, Hey, I really enjoy our friendship. And I've realized I have a crush on you. I wanted to see where you were at. And if that's something you're open to, Mm -hmm. I think we think it has to be this huge DTR or, Oh my gosh, I don't want to bring anything up because I might lose the friendship or it might feel awkward. Guess what? Being human is awkward. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awkwardness and rejection is not the, those are not the two number one emotions to avoid at all costs. When we are, when we lead with vulnerability, notice I didn't say, I feel really confused and I don't, I just, I feel like you're leading me on. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not making the assumption that I can read his mind, his or her mind. I've led with, here's where I am at. I enjoy spending time with you. I have a crush on you. And guess what? Parentheses here. No one has a bad day when they find out someone has a crush on them. <laughs> So if the person you tell laughs at you, well, okay, I don't want to date you. I don't want to date someone that's going to make fun of me for having a crush. Uh-huh. And perhaps the worst case scenario is they say, you know what? I'm, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate your friendship too. I'm not interested in you romantically. And let me tell you, friend, this has happened to me three times in the last two months. I led vulnerability and said, oh, like, do you want to grab a drink? And the instant response was, Hey, I'm not interested in you romantically, but I would love to hang out with you as friends. And that stung, but Mm -hmm. I was like, thank you so much for being honest because now we can actually have an authentic friendship because if underneath the surface, you are really hoping that things would change at some point, the person's not your friend, right? You want something more. So you are allowed to ask for clarity and don't also forget the best case scenario. There is the person is like, Oh my gosh. I totally have a crush on you. I was nervous to say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think, so that's for if you're friends with someone. And I think a lot of women want to be pursued. And we have the whole 
you know, I, I don't want to do any work. I want to be led. I'm more traditional. And I really believe that we can, as women, put ourselves out there and still be pursued. I call it dropping the hanky. Mm -hmm. And if you watched the show Bridgerton, there's a very distinct scene where Daphne, the lead care, the lead, the leading lady has her fan and she's fanning her face and she looks at the prince and looks him in the eye, drops her fan and he comes up to her, picks it up and mm -hmm. gives it to her. So in Victorian era, if a woman was interested, she would look a man in the eye, smile at him, drop her handkerchief. And that was sort of the green light mm -hmm. for him to know, oh, she sees me. She's interested. She's giving me the green light to approach. And that again is sort of leading with vulnerability, like even the friend conversation and holding space for the other person to say, Hey, you're basically saying I'm dropping that hanky. Hey, I see you. I think you're cute. I'm open to going on a date with you. And then that person either gets the opportunity to say, I don't want to pick up the hanky. <laughs> and so then you can drop it for someone who is emotionally available for you. Or the person can say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you finally dropped the hanky. I'm just as insecure as you. And mm -hmm. I didn't know if you wanted me to approach you. Mm -hmm. So work on dropping that hanky. A really practical thing you can do is if you see someone even from across the room, whether you're at a restaurant in line for the movies or at a cafe or at a park or at a bar or at church, wherever that is, make eye contact and smile and hold it for the count of three. Just look in the eye, look in the eye, smile for three seconds. Hmm. Super easy. And well, it's not easy. I know for myself, when I first started doing it, I was like, you want me to do what? <laughs> you might as well be telling me to propose. I don't want to do that. Um, so drop that hanky and be curious, be curious, ask questions, get to know a person. And then finally, online dating isn't going anywhere. Over half of today's couples in America meet online. So it's working. It can work. So I would say with online dating, be super intentional. Often people download an app, swipe through it a few times, once every other week and say online dating doesn't work. Well, yeah, you want to get a six pack if you showed up to the gym <laughs> every other week. <laughs> uh -huh. So we have to be daily intentional about online dating as well. Okay. And just a quick question because um, I, I don't know what this looks mm -hmm. like. What does intentional look like on online dating? Yeah, great question. I would, here's what I coach my clients to do I say download two apps, and the different apps work differently in different cities. I really am partial to Hinge and Bumble. I think those are two great apps, but maybe there's another app in your city that works better. Ask around. And I say, try it for three months. Give it the three, give it a three month college, college try. Yeah. And in that three months, be committed to going on your app six days a week for 20 minutes a day, hmm. 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. And I'm a calendar girl. So you can just Put that in your calendar and have an alert to go off and set a timer for 10 minutes <laughs> when that alarm goes off. Use that 10 minutes to swipe right, swipe left, initiate conversations, follow up on conversations, set up dates. And within those three months, have your goal be to go on three in-person dates. Hmm. 
So it's not, oh my gosh, at the end of three months, if you're not married, online dating is a failure. No, remember, we're just getting out of a global pandemic. Let's have the goal be, let's just get you back out there. Let's just go on some dates. And so I can guarantee you, if you are that intentional about online dating, you will definitely meet a person and get to go on some dates. And in that, I would suggest things like if you have been chatting with someone for two or three days, go ahead and ask to meet in person. I even have on my profile, I'm not look, I'm looking for a relationship, not a pen pal. Uh (laughs) And so get in person as quickly as possible because really on like, when you go on that first date, I don't even like to consider a first date. Aziz Ansari in his book, Modern Romance says, let's view online dating like an online introductory service. The first date is just a hangout to see if you're even interested in getting to know the person and going on a date. So when you're online, you don't need to be going back and forth a ton. Just are you interested enough to go for a coffee mm-hmm. and or go for a walk or go for a workout or what, whatever it is that you decide to do. But I say three months, six days a week, 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening with the goal of going on three dates in those three months and see what can happen. Oh my gosh, Kat, that's gold. I'm like taking notes right now. <laughs> it's so good. I I just, I think I value like practical information and that is just so attainable for people. So I hope it's, that's encouraging too for people, especially those that we're asking um, who are listening. So mm-hmm. really cool. Okay. Um, there are three questions that we ask at the end of every conversation. Everyone mm-hmm. comes out of making room. Um, and so I'm going to ask them to you. As Great. Well. Let's do it. So the first one that we tackle is something that you've found beautiful lately. And it could be, it could be anything. Oh my goodness. Something I found beautiful lately. I would say my home. Mm-hmm. I purchased my first property over COVID. I'm living by myself for the first time in my whole life. Yeah. And I've been decorating and nesting and it's just been so grounding for my spirit to be in a space that I'm just really excited about. And that feels like it's mine and restful. And I think it's so important for our homes to feel like a sanctuary and that you can really let your guard down. And it just feels like such a beautiful thing that I finally have a space that, um, feels restful and peaceful and like a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We um, lived abroad for a few years. And when mm. we first moved there, someone told us, make above all else, make sure your home is a sanctuary. Mm. And it's yeah. so true, especially in like a tough climate like this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you have that. That's really sweet. <laughs> um, and something you have eaten recently and loved. Well, I love the Starbucks makes these egg bites. Uh And I'm gluten-free. And so Mm -hmm. it's like a really good protein filled snack. And so I made them at home last night. So I got a muffin tin out and I sauteed garlic, onion, mushrooms, red pepper, and mixed greens. And then I put, I like divvied them up into the the muffin tin. Mm -hmm. And then I put like a little piece of bacon around the actual muffin tin. So it actually almost acts as the 
not the, what is it called? Liner. liner. The liner. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and then I whisked up about eight eggs and put some water in it so that it would be fluffy and poured them all in there and cooked them in the oven at 350 for 30 minutes. And now I have little egg bites for breakfast all week. Oh which my I'm so God. excited about. Uh-huh. I, I did see those egg bites for the first time in Starbucks and I was like, what are those things? <laughs> so yummy. good. Right. Really yummy. And uh-huh. so easy to make. Uh-huh. I'm gluten-free too. I'm always looking for snacks and mm-hmm. I never think of eggs as a snack. So that's, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I need to adapt that. <laughs> Love that. Okay. And okay. This is a little bit loaded, but mm-hmm. what is a gathering you've attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging? And if you could pinpoint it, what was it that made you feel that way? Oh my goodness. This is so hard because <laughs> when was the last time I went to a gathering? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, been over a year since I've been to a gathering. If you don't have something, that's fine. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think of literally the last gathering I went to was a year ago this past weekend. Uh And it was a weekend away with a group of people from the church I go to. And I think what what was really sweet about that time was, first of all, it was kind of like it kind of reminds me of, oh my gosh, if I knew it was going to be the last kiss with my boyfriend before we broke up, I would have made more of it. But, you know, we were, we were in blissful ignorance that this would be our last weekend away together. And it was just a weekend away from the city. So I was in New York city and to be out in nature and we had bonfire and long conversations. And Mm -hmm. I think just to be with people that you share a heart with, whether it's common value or even just the value of getting out of the city and resting and being still and not feeling like you have to perform, but you can just really come as you are. It was like a no makeup, no, no frills, (laughs) just really chill weekend where we were together. And I think there's something special about being with people where you don't feel as though you need to perform or put on a facade or put your best foot forward. And there's something about that, that is really sacred. I totally agree. Really sweet and definitely craving some of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, Kat, I'm sure people are wanting to um, follow you and hear mm-hmm. more about what you have coming. So yeah. do you want to share about your book and where people can find you? Sure. I have a book that is out called Sexless in the City, a sometimes sassy, sometimes painful, always honest look at dating, desire, and sex. Mm -hmm. And it is about my journey of growing up in the South and conservative culture and then moving to New York and kind of having a a coming of faith moment of, (laughs) gosh, what do I believe about God? What do I believe about sex? What do I believe about dating? And the book is me unpacking all of the biggest questions I have about all of those things. And so you can learn more about that at sexlessinthecitybook.com or purchase it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kindle, Audible, all those good places. And then my website and social media is The Refined Woman. And my weekly podcast is The Refined Collective. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Well, thank you so much, Kat. This was a joy and so informative. So I hope that everyone is encouraged today and ready to get back out into the dating scene. (laughs) Thanks so much. Yes. Get on out there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Kat. See you next week, guys. All right. Have you ever felt that if only I could get a home makeover, I would feel so much more comfortable in my space. 
Well, listen, I have felt that way too, and I might just have the answer for you. If you are from Connecticut, Coastal Concepts Connecticut would love to work with you. Everything from wood flooring to window treatments and everything in between, they are sure to bring you the upgrade and the beauty that you are looking for to transform your space. Their goal is to offer customers with the best products, unrivaled customer support, attention to detail, and all at the best price. Guys, it is all from the comfort of your own home. Listen, if you are interested in reaching out or even calling to ask them a few questions, make sure to let them know that you heard about them from Making Room Podcast by Gather Intentional Living. Do you want to learn more? You could find them at CoastalConceptsConnecticut.com or on Instagram at CoastalConceptsCT.